For Agility's Sake. Welcome to For Agility's Sake, where we tell the story of Amway's agile journey with the goal of sharing the lessons and experiences of the practitioners, leaders, and everyone involved in our transformation at Amway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kyle Spitzley, and with me today is Hannes Fiebebach. Hi, Hannes, how are you? Hi, Kyle. Hi, everybody. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm all healthy and also families all healthy, which is in this Corona time, I think, uh, most important. Absolutely. That is the most important thing. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to be with us today and share some of your experience. So uh, for the folks out there, Hannes joins us from Nagaro, where he is the managing director of their Austrian operations and the head of their testing business unit. And I've asked Hannes to join us today to tell us a little bit about his rich history with Agile and all the various methodologies that he's used over the years. Um, I was surprised to hear, you may be surprised to hear, Hannes was practicing the things we call Agile today before the Agile Manifesto was even created in 2001. So to me, that just tells, you know, it's a story of there's a long history here. You have a lot of experience and you've probably seen a lot of things that, you know, people like me haven't been only a few years into the field. So Hannes, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your first experience with Agile. Yes, thank you, Kyle, for introducing me uh, and, and for all the roses. Uh, yes, my name is Hannes. I'm from Nagaro and I'm with Nagaro uh, coming from the Austrian route since uh, more than 20 years, um, in IT even longer. Uh, and as, as you said, uh, my journey with Agile started in 2000, uh, 1999 actually. And I'm also very happy to continue on that journey uh, since today. And uh, Nagaro is a very good place uh, for this Agile journey. And I'm happy to have this uh, long journey and see a lot of changes uh, mm -hmm. which happened. Maybe going back to 1999, I, I found this book in a, in a bookstore. Uh, it was called Extreme Programming, Embrace Change. And uh, me and my colleagues uh, read it and we were so fascinated and started uh, first development projects in this way. And then uh, we started also talking about that in Austria. We established a summer camp uh, where we went up to the mountains with a group of people and mm. uh, did some development sessions with them. And what I was so uh, excited about when we left, this was a four-day session up in the mountains, developing some software. And after that, when you came back home, they were a perfectly uh, connected team. So mm. I was I was really uh, so excited about this uh, team building power of agile approaches and then it happened that there was rumors uh, that in 2000 there will be the first conference on extreme programming it was happening in sardinia this is an island it, italian island and okay. uh, and it was uh, all the people who signed and the manifesto a lot of them were there for example there was ken beck uh, of course, Alistair Coburn, Martin Fowler, Uncle Bob, and many, many more. Mm -hmm. uh, we dis they had the first experiences on projects and, and, and a lot of discussions were going on. 
uh, and I remember we were out there. Um, it was mostly happening in a hotel as other conferences also. We played XP, extreme programming games. We had discussions, but we also went out to the sea and there were those guys and the participants. It was not so many participants standing in the beach and the warm water of, of Mediterranean Sea mm. discussing the topics. And we were so inspired and um, took this up and, and, and still continuing on the journey. That's amazing. It's so awesome to hear the story of, of you know, taking people up into the mountains and, and having that team building experience and, and coming back as a more cohesive unit. This was back in, you know, 2000 timeframe. So it's been 20 years. A lot has changed. So how has Agile changed since then in, in what you've seen? Yes, Kyle, absolutely. Maybe I can't uh, limit myself to one, one change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are multiple things which are, uh, I've seen and which I, I really love uh, to experience that. Uh, one is the, the process, uh, Agile processes. Uh, at that time, it was XP and the process in XP was not uh, um, so well known. And um, we saw Scrum coming up and this was uh, a a very cool additional process we, we seen and that was used very much. Actually, I had the fear that it will be the only process <laughs> there and I, I, I love to also see other processes and also that we have a lot of experience and see many companies tailoring the process really well to their needs and improving them over time in terms of also continuous improvements that I love. And also, I, I love to experience uh, the DevOps uh, coming up and now coming to reality. This removed the city limits, I would call it. Uh, city limits of Agile was kind of to the development team. Let the development team do it. Now at least the city limits to operations we removed. Other city limits, I would say, are still existing, but uh, DevOps was a, a very important change uh, mm. in Agile. Uh, and also scaling agile. We discussed a lot in that time how to how to do bigger projects, uh, bigger applications with agile. We did not know, and now we we know how to scale agile. Maybe we are not perfect, but uh, we gathered a lot of experience. It works for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the 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 comment you made about companies adapting the process to fit their needs. Um, and there's a. a there's a community of people who would call themselves purists who are all about doing it the right way. And I've come to learn that there's, there's not one right way that I can do agile, but there's a whole bunch of ways I can do it wrong. I don't remember where I heard that, but I feel like for us getting people to understand that we start with something like scrum, um, you know, or, or a DevOps framework, you start with that and then you adapt it just like you would adapt software for your customers needs. That's Right. Absolutely. And also, yeah, also additionally, I want to mention also, uh, as I'm now very much into into testing and test automation, because I find it very important uh, to also uh, integrate testing in an agile way, automate, integrate the automation. So maybe we should call it dev test ops, not only dev ops, but I, I experienced that also a lot uh, that mm. we're really advancing to to integrate the fast moving QA and automation 
uh, also in that area in the process. What are some of the changes you've seen that you don't like? Yes, uh, also there are aspects which I experience um, which are, in my view, not so wonderful for us. Uh, one is this uh, continuous uh, delivery and uh, also this fast feedback, this small iterations, which are so beneficial. I love them. But I also see this uh, leads to continuous high pressure or too high pressures. Uh, mm. People tend to self-exploit themselves. Uh, and also, also uh, product owners, companies love the new features, love the fast moving things. So this is something as a drawback uh, which I see and which, I, which is a change. Uh, it was not there before because there was this uh, long lasting uh, phases and then there was some a little bit relaxing after the big, big release after two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We would not love to have it back, but, <laughs> uh, but the other continuously moving, uh, continuously pressure uh, features uh, you want to deliver, you, the team itself want to deliver fast. So this mm-hmm. is one thing. And also, um, I see ourselves also maybe because of that uh, shifting, uh, shifting, uh, continuous refactorings, uh, continuous improvements, uh, um, shifting that and, and piling up to a, I would call it mountain of technical debt, uh, mm. which which tends then to, to become bigger and bigger. Or also a third aspect, uh, I see also sometimes pretended team empowerment. Kind of uh, environment or organization pretend that the team is empowered, but then it's not really empowered or a product owner not really empowered to take decision. Mm. Those are aspects, those, those would be the things to mention here. Yeah, I can see how, you know, with the evolution and the way that technology has changed, that has that has played a part in in this idea of continuous delivery and continuous feature enhancement and just you know nonstop development. Um, yes. I think about like games on my mobile phone. I have this mindless game where you connect dots, and every couple of weeks they're shipping new levels, and then once in a while they don't, and people are asking like, where are the new levels? I want to keep playing your game. And it's, it's so interesting because they've become accustomed, like the consumer has become accustomed to this constant delivery of value. And, and that puts a lot of pressure on the team. You know, as you said, to one of the things we work towards as an agile principle is a sustainable pace. And it just feels like we're starting the next thing before we finish the last one. And there is no break. There is no reprieve at the end of the big release because now it's every couple of weeks we're releasing something small and you just don't ever get a break. And I think that would burn people out. Has that been your experience with some teams or companies? Absolutely. I, I sometimes say we must be very careful uh, looking at the burn down chart that it does not become a burn out uh, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. of thing. Because yeah. Uh, really, yeah, you see that happen, and you see that in in diverse uh, companies, and also if you go to uh, see how many uh, effects we have in IT and and in, uh, in general in this area, it's it's quite a lot. 
we have to be really careful. It was mentioned in the first book and this Campex uh, XP explained sustainable pace out at five. Uh, but as I say, it's not only that uh, some management would push that, but it's a mm-hmm. dynamic, uh, which we have to be really careful uh, about. Yeah, and it's an individual. You know, sometimes I feel the desire to, to work more and deliver more um, because I want to, to make an impression or have an impact or look good um, for whatever reason. Even individuals can self-impose that problem. Um, so I think the the combination of an individual putting that pressure on themselves, sometimes management or leadership or just a project deadline, putting that pressure on individuals. And then the fact that your consumers are often expecting new enhancements and features that you've promised them. All of these things work together to kind of create a pressure that can cause you know unhealthy patterns. And we have to make sure we we combat that, especially right now, as everyone is is isolated in their own home and, and stuck in quarantine, if you will. And uh, we, we don't have all the same outlets that we used to. So it's really important that we take care of our mental health. So what do you think, you know, aside from COVID causing an issue, what do you think are some of the key drivers that make us have those compromises? Like, why do we do that to ourselves? As you mentioned, we want to to be proud of what we deliver. The customer yeah. uh, expects that, and also team success. Uh, we define ourselves because this is that's what we want to do. We want to build the software with the features, uh, so we tend to to exploit ourselves. I think it's a very important mindset thing, uh, and this team goal. This team goal uh, is causing it uh, mainly, and also the same second effect is this uh, technical depth. We are shifting, uh, we are shifting refactorings, we are shifting retrospectives, uh, improvement discussions. We are not doing that. It, it, for me, it's a sign that the features are so important for us, uh, mm. and, and they are important, but right. we have to that's why I bring it on the table. I think it's important we have to discuss that uh, and, and, and be careful about that because this is such a such a strong thing because it's the purpose uh, why why we are together as a team, uh, why we are building that, right? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the picture, um, you know, to the point that continuous improvement isn't done or retrospectives aren't being done. Those things all get pushed out. Refactoring is being pushed out. In some cases, even QA or testing gets you know left out because we don't have time. It reminds me of the picture of the the two guys pulling the cart with the square wheels, and the other guy with the circle wheel saying, you know, there's a better way to do this. And they say we don't have time to improve. We can't stop. Uh, that that's what it feels like sometimes is we're so busy trying to deliver this cart full of whatever features are in it. We don't realize we're dragging it through the dirt and that there's a better way to do that. And we're burning ourselves out because of it. Maybe what we could do is put a very strong focus on that. Uh, all the scrum masters out there, all the quality coaches, quality responsibles, please, please uh, have this awareness and, and build this awareness and, and fight for that. It's part of the mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it's it's very because the purpose is feature delivery, of course, and it stays feature delivery. But uh, that's why we have to be even more careful on the other side. Uh, continuous uh, reducing technical debt, refactoring, improving, because if it piles up, it's a huge investment. Uh, you 
<laughs> so mm -hmm. please do it as, as it's meant uh, day by day. Uh, please uh, support that uh, the team does it. And uh, yeah, please put yep. a focus on that. That's a good encouragement because it's, it's very much needed. You know, I think of a, a couple of teams I've worked with that over 20 years have developed, you know, an, an incredible application that is custom built, does amazing things for us, but also has a lot of technical debt. And it's such a big pile of that debt that no one wants to pause from feature delivery to fix that. Sure. And so we've recently had some technical craftsmanship coaching. The, the, the fellow who did that was incredible at kind of getting the team to get more comfortable with going in and changing those things without breaking, you know, production. Um, and refactoring safely and because that was the main concern was well we don't want to touch it because I didn't build it I don't know how it works it's too big for me to understand and, and it was a really awesome to hear after a couple of weeks of that coaching they had made you know a ton of changes over six months in refactoring and they were starting to spread knowledge across the teams and, and from one developer to another because of some of the methods they learned and they said, it's become part of our, our routine. Like every day, if I go in and I see something that looks weird, I just pause and I say, that's not, I should change that, like, you know, and make that better. And so while they're in there, they just make it better. And that becomes part of their routine. And, and that's, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Is continuously refactoring. It just becomes the routine. And that way we don't get ourselves into a situation um, where we've got a huge pile that we don't have time to take care of. As everybody knows from his daily life, uh, uh, if you do sport, uh, for myself, it's mostly cycling. Uh, so I, yeah. I cycle to work because then I lose less time. So I do it every day. And uh, I also don't stop in winter. I don't like to stop in winter because then I lose this kind of <laughs> the momentum. daily routine. Yeah. This momentum. It's harder to start in the spring again if you haven't been doing it all winter, right? So I think the same things apply to our continuous improvement, the refactoring and all that, those, those things, right? Right. So over your time with Agile, all the different roles you've had, what's been the greatest personal benefit for you in using Agile? For me, for me it's this uh, team play because I, I love to be, uh, to, to do achievements uh, together with group of, of people, I, I see this team empowerment uh, uh, really, it's a very great experience. And, and also seeing that you can early see that you can build it, that you uh, can uh, make this challenge because you, you build small increments, you have early uh, working software, team experience and this feedback and transparency, I would say are really beneficial. Mm. What do you get out of that? All that transparency and the feedback? The success, experience of success, experience mm. of success together with the team, together with the group of people um, which you're part of, which are bright, which have other skills than you, which are working together. And you soon see, wow, there is something uh, already working and you get early feedback from market. Uh, and, and you see also with, that's why I also love uh, um, 
some indicators which you set up as a team uh, where you see how you're progressing or also can be sure as, as we told before we, we build an unit testing we build an automation test automation we can be sure we can refactor and we can see that it works it was one of my earliest uh, uh, xp projects <laughs> it was uh, we built a very complicated uh, in, in that time very complicated kind of of excel like functionality for for banking and, okay. and we started small a group of bright people seeing the early functions uh, and all that uh, so that's wonderful for me yeah, I think to me, it sounds like the positive vibes and the good feelings from that are seeing that you do more as a team than you do as an individual. And you get to see the satisfaction of the user or the customer and, and hear their feedback. And mm. see that early. Yeah, instead of at the end of, end of the project. <laughs> We could take also Nagaro as an example where we really empower this entrepreneurial spirit, this uh, really entrepreneurial independent business units. And we, we ask everybody uh, to have this entrepreneurial spirit, to be non-hierarchical, to be couraged, uh, to uh, to speak out uh, if you see if you see a topic uh, which which has to be covered or changed. And also, uh, we have these global business units. They are diverse. They can have different styles. So that's awesome. So what I was thinking is, kind of to wrap us up, what's been top of mind for you as it relates to how we work? What I what's on top of my mind uh, in that aspect is is one is this topic of speed how to adjust and even move faster, uh, but in a better way. Uh, so this leads also to the topic dev test ops. This leads to the topic awareness, working hours. Speed is one topic. And the other topic is really uh, the entrepreneurial topic. So uh, have an entrepreneurial mindset where you think solution about solutions where you feel empowered uh, where you allow yourself to be encouraged and speak out uh, and third uh, topic is caring diversity this helps also the other topics i mentioned uh, mm. uh, diversity care uh, for your customers care for your team care for yourself those are the three topics are most top, top of, of my mind. mind and, and also a lot of discussions uh, were around those three topics in the last uh, one, two years. Oh, that's great. I think it's it's fitting with what we experience as well as there's a desire to go faster. There's a desire to deliver more. Um, and we have to do that, I think, as a, as a business to, to maintain a viable position in the market. But we have to do that while caring for the people who are doing it. And that means we got to find better ways to deliver. We can't use the same methods we've used before, right? Absolutely. For me, it's a, a set of three, a set of three, because speed, entrepreneurial means I, I can also take action. I can change things. And then third is caring. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And what I also love is, is that we now connect in a very global 
setting where we also experience all the diversity uh, also in, in that way that we work together over the globe. We have now this talk uh, from uh, sit, a small city near to Vienna uh, to, to a small A small city in <laughs> Michigan, United States. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been really fun, Hannes. I love love just chatting with you. You're you're great, uh, great guy. And I can see, you know, in your in your in your words and the way that you express yourself, you care about agile, continuing to get better, and you care about the people. You know, and I think that's that's really a testament to to who you are and, and the leader that you are. So thank you for doing that. Keep doing it. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and share it with others. To learn more about Amway's Agile journey, follow the hashtag Amway Agile on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And if you're an employee, do that and search Amway Agile forward slash in your browser.